everyone. Welcome back to the All Things Gymnastics Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Bueller, and I'm here with my co-host and twin sister, Brittany. Hey, guys. We hope you all had a wonderful holiday break. Brittany and I certainly did. It was nice to have some time off from school and work and just kind of get to chill at home and not really do anything. Yes. <laughs> Definitely really needed that. Apparently, we enjoyed it so much that we struggled to get back into the groove of things, and we're a little bit late with today's episode, so... Yeah, normally our episodes are going up by now, but we're just sitting down Monday morning to record, so oops, sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, we got so... So, like, just into just sitting there and just relaxing that, like, we're like, shoot, we have to do the podcast still. So here we are. We're a little bit late, but it's going to be a good one. Today, we're going to be diving into the Big 12. We'll be breaking down the Oklahoma Sooners as well as the Denver Pioneers. So as always, we discuss lineup predictions, incoming freshmen, who we think are going to be the key contributors for the team this season, things of that nature. But real quick, before we get into the episode, we want to take a moment to thank our Gold Level Patreon supporters. A big thank you to Cindy M, Blake B, Elaine E, Rydog, Faith M, Caitlin P, Kristen R, Lori S, and Sabrina M. Thank you guys so much for supporting us at the highest tier level every month. We appreciate it so, so much. And as always, if you are interested in becoming a Patreon supporter, we have three tier levels, gold, silver, and bronze, ranging anywhere from $1 to $5 a month. So... Those contributions go towards helping us with equipment, reimbursement for transcriptions, website fees, things like that. So we have more information in the show notes down below and on our website, allthingsgympod.com. Thank you guys again so much, and let's get into today's episode. So starting with the Oklahoma Sooners, they have been a fan favorite for the last several years now and really one of the top teams in the NCAA. Really, they've been kind of hard to beat in the last couple of years. They have, yeah. And I think it's because, you know, despite the fact that they don't bring in some of the highest, like, elite-level athletes like we see with teams like Florida or LSU. Mm -hmm. Or UCLA. Yeah. Oklahoma is kind of, like, silent but deadly. They bring in some athletes that you might not know who they are going into Oklahoma, but then they end up, you know, making a name for themselves and having very, very successful careers. And I think that, you know, last season, Oklahoma had this phenomenal class with Maggie Nichols being one of the greatest collegiate athletes of all time. They had Jay Dugavea, who was phenomenal on vault, phenomenal on floor, also pretty great on bars like we saw last Mm -hmm. season. And then Bree Showers, who, although she didn't consistently really compete in any event and had a lot of injuries throughout her career, was still a phenomenal athlete and definitely made big contributions to that team. So, you know, they're losing this amazing class similar to UCLA, although not quite as big as UCLA. The difference here with Oklahoma is they're bringing in this ginormous freshman class. Mm -hmm. Maybe one of the biggest freshman classes that I've ever seen. Like, correct me if I'm wrong. Biggest in size, you mean. Yeah, like they just have so many girls coming in this season and we'll get into that in a moment. And like you said, a lot of them are girls that you might not necessarily recognize their name. Yeah. You know, looking at their roster, you're kind of like, who are these people? Yeah. Unless you actually look into them, you know, you do your research and whatever, but to the average person, you aren't necessarily going to recognize a lot of the gymnasts they have coming in. Like you would a Maggie Nichols. Right. But I have no doubts that once they get comfortable and they get into the groove of things at Oklahoma, they're going to become phenomenal athletes and stars in their own rights. Yeah, for sure. 
So last season, Oklahoma finished in first, of course. They also finished ranked first on fall and on even bars, third on balance beam, third on floor exercise. So overall, like we just said, very, very, very strong as a team. And I think that's a testament to how consistent they are as a team. Like week in and week out, they know how to perform, they're consistent, and they really just do the same thing over and over again. And that's what makes them so great. Yeah, and I mean, speaking of their consistency, they were the only team in the whole NCAA last year to have an NQ that was in the 198 range so it was actually a 19808 which is like unbelievable mm-hmm. most teams can't even reach that score once let alone have an NQS that's that high. Yeah, that really is telling of just how amazing they are. And also, I'd like to point out that, you know, we didn't have a national championship last season, but the last time we did have a national championship, Oklahoma was the champ. So I think that... You know, we'll get into our prediction and once we kind of go through the whole team, but I feel good about this team this year, and I think that, you know, not a whole lot is going to change for Oklahoma in terms of being a national champion contenders at the end of the season. But let's get into the lineups a little bit. You mentioned that on vault, you know, they were ranked number one in the nation last season. I don't expect anything to change here because Oklahoma is going to be one of the only teams in the whole country that has a full lineup of 10-0 start values. And they also have, you know, some other vaults in the arsenal ready to go if needed. So it's going to be a good event for them this season. Yeah. So we have Evie Schofer in the lineup. She's the number three returning scorer. She does a talk to Chenko wood and a half. And, you know, last season, I'll be honest with you, I didn't know if I expected her to consistently be in the lineup or, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I like just basic one and a half. So I think tucked sometimes looks a little bit sloppy. So yeah. I, I'm not like the biggest fan of it. And that's no shade towards her. I just, I prefer a regular laid out your tank of one and a half. Mm-hmm. But like I said, number three returning score, you got to have that in your lineup. Allie Stern was really consistent last season, really came into her own and proved to be, you know, a solid staple in that lineup. Yeah, even scoring as high as a 9975. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think anyone saw that coming. Then there's the freshman, Kathleen Labasser, which. I just realized we totally skipped over the freshman. We said we were going to talk about them. We were like, nah, let's talk about Vol. Hold on, let's go through Vol and then we'll backtrack and go to the freshman. So Catherine, Catherine Lavasser, she's amazing on this event. She scored a 10 in her J.O. career. Lots of huge scores on this event. Like, very consistently above, like, a 9-8. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, as we've mentioned before on the podcast, that's pretty hard to do with J.O. scoring. Yeah, so, they're a little bit stricter in level 10, so. That's a testament to how amazing she is on this event. Mm-hmm. We have another freshman, Julianne Fairing, another huge vol, a J.O. national champion on that event. And then we have your typical, you know, what you would expect, Olivia Troutman, huge on this event. And same with Anastasia Webb. She's the number one returning scorer. So like, duh, she's your anchor. And as far as options on vault go, Quinn Smith, she's another freshman who has a one and a half that is very lineup worthy. Honestly, the biggest problem with this team is that there's just so much depth and there's so much to choose from that, like, how do you pick? I feel like you're really just kind of being nitpicky and, and being like, her one and a half is, looks better than her one and a half. Yeah, it just comes down to a matter of, like, your personal opinion. Yeah. Um, And they do have other options options on this event that aren't one and a half we likely won't see them in the lineup just because like we said they have a full lineup of one and a half with a potential one and a half you know kind of waiting in the wings but they do have some nice foals you know Reagan smith we saw her a couple times last season brooke wayne she competed vault in six of the 11 meets last season she had nqs of like nine seven something i think nine seven three five i'm looking at it here so she's somebody that we could possibly see in the lineup we have 
you know, some freshmen that have decent vaults. Audrey Davis had a double back when she was an elite gymnast. And although she hasn't competed that event since 2018, I think there's a little bit of a question mark there. But again, could be an option. Danae Fletcher, Belle Johnson, Audrey Lynn, Sheridan Ramsey. Basically, the whole freshman class has some pretty decent foals mm-hmm. that we could see. Now let's backtrack and talk about the freshmen real quick because we totally just skimmed over them and there's a lot of them that you guys are probably like, who is this person? We got excited. So we'll give you a little bit of, you know, a brief background on them. So we have Audrey Davis. She was an elite gymnast from Woga. She was a junior national team member back in 2017. She placed six all around at the national championships that year. And then in 2018, she got six all around at the U.S. Classic. So definitely somebody that, you know, wasn't a huge name in the elite world, but definitely has some experience under her belt. And I think has already, we've seen in previews for Oklahoma, is phenomenal on bars, phenomenal on beam, and is going to be a key contributor for them on those events. She just has that look. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oklahoma has this look to them, just as Woga gymnasts have a look to them. I'm not even sure if I can explain it properly. Yeah, no, I know what you mean, though. But I think she's going to fit right in. And also, like I said, does have the potential to do vault. Also on floor, I believe she did a piked full in back in her elite days, so some potential there. Julianne Fairing, I mentioned her on vault, being a huge vaulter. I also think that she's just going to be a phenomenal all-arounder for them. Mm-hmm. If not this season, then at some point in her career. She was third all-around and first on vault at the 2019 J.O. Nationals. As far as her all-around potential, I feel like she definitely has the potential to someday be an all-arounder. For sure. I don't think it's going to happen this year, just with the depth that Oklahoma has. But, like, in the next four years, for sure I could see it. Then there's Danae Fletcher. Some of you may know her, you know, from MG Elite. She was never an elite gymnast, but she was one of their higher level 10 athletes that was pretty good. She got fourth all around and first on floor at the 2019 JO National Championship. So she's currently not with the team. Like as of recording this podcast, I believe that she's joining the team in January. So right, you know, as the new semester is starting. So very, very soon. Yeah, she should be there, you know, even possibly this coming week. I don't know when specifically she's arriving, but... um, Um, definitely look for her this season. The team is also gaining Belle Johnson. She was 15th all around at the 2019 J.O. Nationals. Um, definitely could be an option on vault, bars, and floor, I would say. Then there's Catherine Lavasser. I keep getting her and Julian Farin mixed up, by the way, Mm -hmm. for some reason. Like, their names aren't even that similar, but I just keep getting (laughs) them mixed up. Again, a beautiful athlete on this event. Very, very Oklahoma-esque as well. I think that, you know, she was at the Nastia Cup in 2020. She got third on floor exercise, and she's beautiful on that event. An amazing dancer. She's going to fit right in with Oklahoma and their floor yeah, teams. Kind of like what I was saying with Audrey Davis. She just has that look to her. Yeah. And you can just see her and be like, she's going to go to Oklahoma. She's going to fit in wonderfully there. Yeah. She was also third on vault at the 2019 J.O. National Championships. She's another one that I think that even if she's not an all all-rounder right off the bat. She has the potential to be an all-rounder, and she most likely will be an all-rounder at some point in her career. I think right out the gates, you know, having her on vault, beam, and floor seem the most likely, but again, all-around potential, I would expect to see it at some point. There's also Audrey Lynn and Shaden Ramsey, who are good gymnasts, but when you come onto a team as strong as Oklahoma is, you know, sometimes it can be hard to shine when you don't have necessarily a standout event. And I think that, you know, Audrey and Sheridan, they could possibly contribute on an event like Vault at some point in their careers, but also might possibly need to upgrade. But that's something that they can work on, too. So I, I think there's a lot of potential there. Sheridan does a Yurchenko half, which... 
you know, not to say that wouldn't make the lineup, because I think it could, but when you have a bunch of one and a halves in your lineup, do you have room for your Shrinko half, you know? Probably not, unless, you know, there's like an injury bug or a, or a coronavirus bug. <laughs> right. And then Audrey, she does a front handspin front pike, which is only worth a 9-9, so I think she would need to add probably a half twist onto that to give it a 10 star value to actually be competitive in the lineup, but like I said, I think there's a lot of room to build here with, you know, athletes like Sheridan and Audrey, and, you know, if they can work on some upgrades throughout their career, you know, it could be something that, you know, in the later end of their career, we could possibly see them in the lineup, but also good to have them as just kind of a depth person, and like you said, if something were to come up and they need someone to step in, you know, it's always good to have some extra bodies. Especially this season of all seasons. Like, that's always important. But Mm -hmm. this season in particular, you just don't know what's going to happen. You just don't know who's going to be sick, whether it's the coronavirus or not. Like, you need to have lots of backup options just to be safe. That's a really good point. Like, this is something that we've never had to face before, but... I have a feeling we're going to see it once the season begins. You know, you're going to see people having to quarantine. And, you know, it's not even a matter of getting sick. It's like if you're around somebody that was sick, you might have to be quarantined and get pulled out of the lineups. Or if you just have a sore throat. Like, there's been several times so far this year where, you know, either I or Ashley have gotten a sore throat. And it's like, well, I can't go into work that day because I have a sore throat and, like, I don't want to risk. Right. It could be coronavirus. Right. So using that logic, it's like, oh, it takes somebody having one of the symptoms. Mm -hmm. And it's like they have to sit out enough somebody else has to go in suddenly right i don't think any team is really going to complain about having like too much depth or too many options on any event this season because like you said anything can happen and it's good to have people that can step in if needed so that's what i think audrey and sheridan are going to be at least in the beginning of their careers but that's not a bad thing Oklahoma is also getting Quinn Smith. She is a JO National Champion on fall, second on floor, ninth all around, the 2018 JO Nationals. I think Vault is her strongest event and her best chance of making a lineup this season, mm-hmm. but definitely has potential on the other three events. And then last but not least, Oklahoma is getting Melon Sullivan and She's going to be out for the season, unfortunately. She had COVID a couple months ago and is now suffering from myocarditis? Yeah, we're not good with the pronunciation of, like, medical terms, but myocarditis. Okay, you know what? Never mind. Complications from COVID. Yeah, long story short, she had COVID and... She's having some complications from that, so she's unfortunately going to be out for the season, which is really, really rough to be coming into your freshman year and then to already be missing it. And it's not even injury-related, it's just... Yeah, but more importantly, it's like, that's just scary. You know, Mm -hmm. I've seen, you know, we, we talked about this last week with LSU and... A lot of people like to make the argument that these high level athletes, they're in great shape, they're really healthy, so they're almost like less likely to get COVID. And I think we're seeing, you know, even in this case with Melon, they're not safe. Like, they could still get COVID. Like, they could still have life-altering effects from getting COVID. Yeah. Definitely not something to take lightly. They say that it's, you know, affecting athletes harder than it is the average person. Sometimes, in some scenarios, not always. Either way, it's just really scary. And I think, you know, this situation has a lot of people anxious. A lot of people don't feel like season should be happening. And this is why, you know, these athletes, they aren't immune from it. They're not, you know, any more safe than you or I. So 
Um, it'll be definitely interesting to see, you know, now that we're getting down to the wire here, season's, you know, two weeks away, to see, I guess, you know, are we actually going to do this? Are we going to follow through with this? But to Melon, you know, we hope that you are recovering well. We hope that you're feeling better. You're safe. Um, that's what's most important, you know, more important than anything gymnastics related. And, you know, here's to hoping that this season, if it continues, is a happy and healthy season for everybody. Because I'm definitely low-key, not low-key, high-key, average-key. <laughs> like somewhere right in the middle like selfishly wanting season to continue but also kind of thinking that it might not be the best idea but like I'm being selfish and I kind of want it to continue yeah it's really a hard spot to be in when you love something so much and like you just want it to happen and you want things to be normal but then also like it doesn't work like that like you can't just be like let's just pretend this isn't happening or let's just have everything go back to normal right like, it, if only it was that easy and the NCAA is going to have to make a decision that's in the best interest of the athletes and as of right now, as of recording, that decision is to let season continue. So here's hoping that it goes well and that everyone stays healthy. But anyways, let's get back to our lineup predictions. Now that we did vault and the broke officer doing the freshman randomly in the middle. Um, moving on to bars. We have Olivia Troutman. She is the number three returning scorer in this event. She averaged a 9.88, which is pretty great on this event. Yeah, I would say that... This is not her best event. I was just going to say, if there's any event that's a little bit weaker for her, I would say it's definitely bars, but also she's not weak on bars at all. When you look at her scores from last season even, I mean, she was like consistently like 9.875, 9.9 range, like very, very consistently. And she usually did that in the earlier half of the line. Yeah, so that makes like the perfect leadoff score. Like start your lineup off with a... Almost 9-9 score, and then you have all these other amazing bar workers coming after you, and they bring in, like, the 9-9-5s and the 10s. It works out perfectly, and I think there's totally a strategy to the lineup there with Oklahoma, and that's why they're the number one bar team in the nation. We also have Carrie Thomas, Audrey Davis, we mentioned earlier, is absolutely stunning on this event. Danae Fletcher, mm-hmm. Anastasia Webb. She's the number two returning scorer in that event. And then Reagan Smith is the anchor, number one returning scorer on bars. Overall, I just think that this lineup has a lot of potential to be a number one team, again, like they were last season. You know, like I said, having someone like Olivia Troutman to kind of get the momentum going at the beginning of the lineup, and then you have people like Anastasia Webb and Regan Smith, who you know are going to bring in a big score because they're consistent and they're clean. And then the freshmen, of course, like you don't really know how a freshman is going to handle the transition to college, but Audrey Davis and Danae Fletcher, they are beautiful bar workers, and I think that they're going to fit in just fine. And, you know, Carrie Thomas as well. I I just think this is a solid lineup. And even with the loss of someone like Maggie Nichols, like, Mm -hmm. they're fine. Yeah. And they have options, too. You know, they have Quinn Smith and Catherine Lavasser. These are girls that, you know, could definitely step in as well. So I see this being, once again, another really big event for Oklahoma. So moving on to Beam, we have Jenna Dunn, Olivia Troutman, Audrey Davis, Carly Woodard, Anastasia Webb, and Reagan Smith in the anchor position, with, of course, Smith being the number one returning Beam scorer. And again, I feel like this is just a really solid event for Oklahoma. You know, Reagan... She was known for being a beam worker in her elite days and, you know, really no different here in college. Anastasia Webb, 
absolutely stunning on this event. Yeah, you have Carly Woodard, too. She's a senior this year. That's, like, her standout event. That's the one event that she's always done throughout her career, and you can count on her to go up and hit. Mm-hmm. She's the number three returning scorer in this event. She averages over a 9-9, which is incredible. And she competed every meet on balance beam. Mm-hmm. So definitely someone that I think you can expect to make a return this season as well. And we talked about Audrey Davis on bars, and a little bit earlier I was talking about, you know, the lines, the Woga look, and, you know, how that's going to translate into the Oklahoma look. They just have this essence on beam, and they're so elegant, and they're flexible, and they're clean. And they're, like, and calm, cool, and collected. Yeah. Like, they just look like they're just, you know, it's like another day in the office for them. <laughs> right. They just look so comfortable up there, and that's not something that you see with a lot of teams when they're on beam, so. But I think Audrey is going to fit into this lineup very very well she just has this like calm collected confidence to her and i'm really looking forward to seeing what she can do as an oklahoma sooner i think Um, she's gonna get really high scores on this event probably i wouldn't expect anything less some other options on this event, we have Carrie Thomas, Quinn Smith, and the freshman, Catherine Lavasser. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that any of these girls could make sense in the lineup. You could take out someone like Jenna Dunn, who we, we personally put her in the leadoff position because she is the number four returning scorer for the team. And that's the position she was in last mm-hmm. season, too, as the leadoff. But I think that if, you know, Oklahoma wants to play with the lineups a little bit and put in, you know, one of these freshmen and give them, you know, a shot at the lineup... She probably would be the most likely to go because I don't know if I see anybody else really making sense. Like, you're not going to take out Reagan Smith. You're not going to take out Anastasia Webb. I mean, you could take out Troutman, but I think that with Maggie Nichols now being gone, they're going to be looking for another all-around person to step up alongside Anastasia Webb. Mm -hmm. And I think that Olivia Troutman makes the most sense as the next all-rounder. Because of her vault. I think Reagan Smith only doing a full. They're not going to put a full in their lineup. Therefore, I don't know if I see her being an all-rounder, at least not consistently. Whereas Olivia Troutman, she makes sense on every single event. So it's like, why would you take her off beam? You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, exactly. And then wrapping up on floor, we have Jordan Draper love her on this event. Her routines are always so much fun. Her personality really shines through. Her floor routines are always some of my favorites throughout the years. We also have Catherine Lavasser, Danae Fletcher, Anastasia Webb, Rangan Smith, and then rounding it out, we have Olivia Troutman to bring home all of the tens. <laughs> the good thing about Oklahoma on this event is I feel like they still have several options viable options. Girls who have been in the lineup in the past, but there's just so much depth that we just don't know if they're going to make it this time around. They might possibly at some point throughout the season. Mm. You know, Emma LaPinta, she was a very consistent scorer for them on this event last season. Yeah. She's actually the number four returning scorer on the team, Mm -hmm. so there's Allie Stern as well, Quinn Smith. So they do have Really, with every event, I feel like we're saying the same thing for every event, but that's a good thing, is that they just have their consistent lineup, but then they also have, you know, three or four girls, really, at every single event that are in the wings waiting to step up if need be, and those girls are good. You know, they're not just somebody who, you know, if they get desperate, they have to throw someone in. Like, these are girls who legitimately could be making the lineups. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on Oklahoma overall as a team and, you know, kind of their chances for the season? I think they're going to be just fine. Like we said in the beginning, of course, losing gymnasts like Maggie Nichols and Jay Duguvea and and Bree Showers as well. You know, that was a phenomenal class, but they're also gaining a lot this year. And, you know, like we mentioned from the very beginning, 
you know, you might not necessarily, like, recognize their names because they're not, like, elite gymnasts and, like, you know, superstars in the sport yet, at least. But they're they're a solid group, and a lot of these girls have accolades in their J.O. careers that they're bringing into college, and... You know, I think that they're going to fill in the spots where Maggie and Jade mainly are leaving. They're going to step right in. And, you know, mainly on vault is that's the biggest one I'm looking at. You know, you're losing two very nice one and a halfs on vault, but you're gaining three. Yeah. And two of those three are J.O. National champions on that event. So I would feel good about that if I was Oklahoma. Like, yes, you're losing two really big vaults two huge scores for you, but there's so much potential there with those freshmen coming in Mm -hmm. to really, I mean, I don't want to say it's going to make up because like, how do you make up for Maggie Nichols? (laughs) Yeah, you don't. (laughs) But I wouldn't necessarily be worried about it, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Like, I think they're going to be fine on this event again this season. We said they're going to have all 10-0 start values with, you know, another 10-0 start value. Whether it's Quinn Smith, Evie Schofer, whoever whoever it might end up being, they're going to have a 10-0 start value not in the lineup because that's how much depth they have on this team. Yeah. So I see them being, you know, top on that event again. Bars very, very similar. I think that, you know, with the freshmen coming in, they're going to make up for the routines lost. And, you know, similar to last season, I, I think I would say that if they do have an event that's maybe a little bit weaker, it would probably be floor um, and maybe beam as well. But not that it's weak. I really don't want to say yeah, that it's weak. I was just saying, I would not say it's weak. Weaker in comparison to vault and bars, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Like, I think that it's not necessarily <sighs> See, I don't even know be... if I feel that, to be honest. Really? I'm, uh, yeah, I'm looking at this beam lineup. And the floor lineup, for that matter. And I just feel like Oklahoma is setting themselves up to have another phenomenal season. I think that they are going to be national contenders, for sure. And, you know, there's other teams that are going to be hot on their heels, like the University of Florida. I don't think it's going to be a cakewalk for Oklahoma, like it has been in the past. In the past, we literally expected Oklahoma to win. And I don't think this season that's going to be the case. But I expect them to be national championship contending team this season. Um, I expect them to be pretty even keeled across the board. I think vault, bars, beam, and floor are going to be phenomenal events for them this season. And I think a large part of that is going to be, like you mentioned, the freshmen stepping up and Mm -hmm. filling some of those spots. Very similar to our preview with UCLA. You know, they also lost a phenomenal senior class last year bigger than Oklahoma's. Um, you know, Oklahoma doesn't have as many spots to fill, but the ones that they are filling are pretty significant. So um, those freshmen are really going to have, you know, a lot on them to have to step up and kind of step into some of those roles that, you know, Maggie Nichols and Jay yeah. Dugavea, they leave behind. No big it, deal. Just stepping into, like, one of the biggest shoes yeah. in NCAA gymnastics. Oh, it's going to be hard for sure, but I definitely think this team can do it and... I definitely think that they're going to be one of the top teams at the end of the season this year. On every event. Yeah. I think that you kind of mentioned this already, but it's going to come down to Oklahoma and Florida for the national title. So Oklahoma actually was ranked second in the preseason coaches poll, which some people didn't agree with. Florida was number one. I honestly, like, I, I can't say whether I agree or disagree with it. It's really, really hard because... Well, it just comes down to who's better on that day. Yeah. Like, Oklahoma and Florida can be equally as good of teams throughout the season and be neck and neck all season long, and all that really matters is on the day of the four on the floor, what team is the best. Okay, so let's talk about Denver next. Denver had 
a lot of eyes on them last season. Coming off of the previous year where they finished fourth at nationals, they made it to, you know, the final round. Back then it was still Super Six, but, you know, they finished fourth, and I don't think a lot of people necessarily expected that from them. Yeah. So then coming into last season, there was a lot of eyes on them, and a lot of people, you know, kind of thinking that they'd be back in the mix. And also for the Big 12 Conference, Oklahoma has kind of been the one, you know? They've been the ones that have been dominating that conference, and it seemed like there was actually some competition for once with Denver. Yeah. And, you know, I still consider Denver to be a top team, especially as far as the Big 12 Conference goes, but this year is going to be interesting because they are losing Maddie Carr, who we all know was a phenomenal all-arounder for them, but... The good news is, is they're gaining Lindsey Brown back. And she was out last season because of an Achilles injury. Well, and Mia Sundstrom, too. She's mm-hmm. another solid athlete for them. Somebody who consistently brings in big scores. And I think to have both those athletes back definitely will help make up for the loss of Maddie Carr. Not completely, again, kind of like a Maggie Nichols situation here. You take your star athlete on any team, and it's never going to be easy to replace them. But this is one of the deeper teams I would say that we've seen from Denver in a while so that's very promising for Mm -hmm. sure and they do have a talented freshman class coming in as well they have five girls coming in that definitely have potential to make an impact on the lineup I think the biggest ones probably being Rose Casali she is a JO national qualifier she actually finished six all around in 2019 she's also a two-time nasty cup qualifier in 2017 and 2018 so lots of experience there there's also Riley Mundell, who finished fourth all-around at J.O. Nationals in 2019. She's also an Asia Cup qualifier. She finished seventh in 2020. So I think those two probably have the biggest potential for Denver this season to make an immediate impact on their lineups. There's also Jessica Hutchinson. She was 10th on floor at the 2019 J.O. National Championships. Could possibly make an impact at any event. Mm-hmm. Abby Thompson at J.O. Nationals in 2019. She was fourth on floor and six all around. So that looks very promising. And then rounding it out, there's also Isabel Mabanta, who actually was an elite gymnast. She competed at the U.S. Classic in 2018. And, you know, a lot of potential there as well. A very powerful athlete. And, you know, none of these girls are necessarily locks or guarantees to step into Maddie Carr's footsteps and, you know, immediately take over and be like, boom, like, I'm here and I'm going to get a big score. Yeah, bring in the scores that we all know that she was capable of bringing in. But it's also not to say that they're not going to do that. You know, we just don't know. Um, But I think that this is a talented class coming in and that's all Denver could hope for, really, when looking to replace Maddie Carr. Also, Denver is also losing Emma Brown. She was in the floor lineup a couple times last season. As well as Beam. Mainly on Beam, yeah. And I would say that was probably her best event. She was, you know, pretty consistently in like the low to mid 9-8 range. And she's actually transferring to LIU. So we should probably mention that as well as another loss for the team. So let's talk vault. Last season, Denver finished ranked ninth in this event. And I would say this was the event that probably got them into the most trouble last season because they just didn't have the depth on this event. And then when they lost Lindsey Brown, they were kind of like scrambling to even put together a lineup. They, they couldn't even feel the full lineup at times. But that's not going to be the case this season. I think that, you know, having Lindsey Brown and Mia Sundstrom back, they're going to be locks for the lineup with their one and a halves. You have Riley Mundell as a freshman coming in with a one and a half on vault. Emily Glenn with a souk full. 
And then you have other athletes like Rose Casali, another freshman coming in who's done a one and a half in the past. She's definitely someone to keep your eye on to, you know, peek in this lineup. And Alex Ruiz, too. You know, she only does Yurchenko full, but it's a very, very clean Yurchenko full. And I think that, you know, she's good for like a 9-8, low 9-8 score. That's a good score to have at the start of your lineup. Yeah. And to kind of lead into some of the bigger vaults that you're going to see. So I think that she's definitely a viable option. Also, we've only seen her once on vault, but Alexis Vasquez. I really, really, really want to see her on vault. I know. I feel like we've been waiting for this her whole career. Because when you look back, you know, when she was in elite gymnast and she was doing your tranquil folds they were so clean and she stuck the landing or came like really close to sticking the landing so many times so I was kind of hoping we'd see her more on vault in college and I don't know she might have you know there might be a reason why she's not doing vault but I personally would love to see her in the lineup so I'm kind of keeping my fingers crossed for that yeah and I think you know there's other options too Jessica Hutchinson Abby Thompson aka subject was someone that had a nice full last season Mm -hmm. Victoria Fitz Amori Lockhart Isabel Mavanta, like they have so much more depth even if they're only foals they're pretty good foals at that and it's better to have a lineup of possible foals mm-hmm. than to no. only be putting up five athletes yeah, exactly. and kind of like screwing yourself mm-hmm. so I think that that's going to be the most notable change for Denver really across all the events I think that's where we're going to see the biggest change it's just in the depth on vault so moving on to bars, I expect this to be a great event for Denver this season. It was one of their best events last season, I would say. They finished ranked fourth in the nation, which is pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. And I think that even with the loss of Maddie Carr, they're still returning basically the same lineup mm-hmm. with the addition of Lindsey Brown again. I think that Emily Glenn, Rose Casali was phenomenal in this event in her J.O. career. Alex Ruiz was super consistent. Those are the girls that I expect to for sure be locks. But then you also have people like AK Subject who, you know, you wouldn't necessarily think of her as a bar worker, but she was in last season and did really, really well. She got a couple 9-9 scores. I think we'll continue to see improvements throughout that event for her. Yep. Same thing with Mia Sundstrom. Again, another one of those athletes that was out with injury last season, but definitely expect her to be back. At Denver's most recent exhibition, we saw Alex Ruiz, Rose Casali, Mia Sundstrom, Lindsey Brown, Riley Mundell, and Emily Glynn as the lineup. And then with, you know, AK Subject added into the mix, that's basically your lineup right there. Mm-hmm. But that's a solid group of girls. So I think that, yes, it's a loss to be losing Maddie Carr because she was a big scorer. 9975 range, 995 very consistently. So that is a loss. But overall, I think Denver is going to be sitting, you know, just fine this season. They do have a really solid group and they're not necessarily hurting for a score on this event. So moving on to Beam, last season, Denver finished the year in sixth on Beam, and I think this is an event where Denver is probably going to see maybe the biggest improvement, because I feel like this is a really good Beam team when you have gymnasts like Alexis Vasquez, who of course is perfection and definitely 10 out worthy. You have Lindsey Brown returning to the lineup, and she's, you know, good for a big score. And then you have two freshmen, Isabel Mabanta and Riley Mandel, who are also mm-hmm. phenomenal on this event. Yeah, so Isabel is actually the J.O. National Beam Champion from 2018. Beautiful lines, great leaps, great flexibility. Kind of reminds me of Alexis Vasquez a little bit. Like, I could totally see those two being, like, a one-two punch at the end of the beam lineup. Yeah. And it's hard, because, like, I think, like, you would want to put someone like Lindsey Brown for her experience, but, like, just as far as what they can bring potential-wise, I feel like those two could totally go back-to-back and bring in, like, 
10 out scores, you know, maybe 9.95. Big scores is what I'm getting at. Yeah. And I think that's going to be huge for them this season. You also mentioned Riley Mundell, another phenomenal beam worker. I mean, that right there alone is a really solid group. And then you factor in, like, the backup dancers. Girls like Amore Lockhart. She was consistently in the beam lineup last season and was a solid score. She wasn't anything, like, huge, but, like, a consistent, like, 9-8-2-5. You know, a score in the 9-8 range that's good for, you know, some leadoff scores in the beginning of the lineup. Although, I don't know if I even see her making the lineup. Because you also have to factor in someone like Mia Sundstrom, Alex Ruiz. They consistently scored even higher than Amori Lockhart did. And that's also not even factoring in any of the other freshmen or really other girls who competed last year, like Kelly Slotman. She was someone that stepped in last season as a depth person once Mia Sundstrom went down and it was pretty decent. There's Abby Thompson, Jessica Hutchinson. So they do have other options on this event. And that's a good thing. It's a good problem to have when you have so many girls that could step in and put up a decent score. Um, I think that's something that, like I said in the very beginning with Denver, they're going to enjoy that this season, having that extra depth. So if somebody does go down with an injury or someone is out sick, that they're not scrambling last minute to put together a lineup in any of these events. Mm -hmm. And last but not least, floor exercise. I feel like this might be an event where Denver is going to feel the biggest loss for Manny Carr. Um, last season, they did finish 17th on this event, and I think that, you know, it does definitely help to have Lindsay Brown returning because she is a huge score for them on this event. Yeah. This is arguably, well, I was going to say arguably her best event, although she's pretty dang good on all the events, but this is definitely one of her strongest events. She has a 10 on this event, and it's definitely going to be very, very good for Denver to have her back. And I think that of the freshmen that we're adding to the mix now, none of them really see seem to be like particularly strong on floor which again is not like a massive problem but it's also going to not quite fill the shoes of Maddie Carr and I think that this might be where we see some some lower scores for Denver than maybe compared to the other events. Mm -hmm. They do have some girls returning from last season that are good for a solid score. Amori Lockhart was one I would say that's probably her strongest event from last season. You know she was in the 9-8 range pretty consistently. Same with Alex Ruiz. She was a really reliable score that you could count on. Nothing super crazy difficult or anything like that but she was clean and she got the job done. Also Emily Glenn I think that you know last season she was really consistently in the mid 9-8 range so I feel like there's options for not necessarily like huge routines but like go out there and get the job done type routines. Yeah. There's also Rose Casali, the freshman. She competed at Pike Fallen in her JO career. Not the cleanest Pike Fallen or necessarily like the best most flashy Pike Fallen but still a good option to have and I think that she scored pretty decently in her J.O. career so she's someone that I definitely think would make sense in this lineup. Did we mention Mia Sundstrom or AK Subject? I don't think we did. No I don't think we did. We probably should. Yeah because I think that those are two other very realistic options and I think that AK Subject she didn't always get like the highest scores last season but I still feel like there's so much potential in her she is huge tumbling I know that's something that last year when we were looking at the incoming freshmen I noted that about AK Subject she has huge tumbling mm -hmm. so I definitely think that she's someone that's still kind of you know coming into her own and still kind of growing and working on things at Denver that eventually we'll be able to see her as a lock in this lineup but at the very least could be a lineup option in the leadoff position 
And we have to mention with Mia Sundstrom, I'm pretty sure everyone already saw this because it was going around on social media, but in the preseason, there was a video of her that was posted where she's doing this crazy combination tumbling pass. Don't know if we're going to see it in competition. I guess that remains to be seen, but I'm kind of hoping we do because it's really fun. It's like playing add-on. Yeah. So she does a front full half twist, split jump, front tuck, sassone, switch half, wolf jump, wolf jump full. It's a mouthful. Yeah. So it's literally add-on. It's like a never-ending pass. So I think that's a lot of fun. And I also think it just shows that she is in contention on floor. She's a training floor and she's playing around with some fun stuff. So I think that there's a possibility that we could see her on this event this season. Last season, before the injury, she didn't do floor at all, but she has done floor in the past and she was a consistent, steady scorer. So I think that, you know, there's a strong possibility that we could find her back in the lineup again this season. Overall, I would say that I'm looking forward to seeing Denver this season, like you mentioned before, in 2019, one of the best teams in the nation, and I think that last season didn't quite go as they had hoped. I think, you know, coming off of the high of 2019, a lot of fans expected them to, again, be one of the top teams in the nation, and, you know, this season, with the loss of Maddie Carr... They have big shoes to fill, but I think that they do have a strong freshman class coming in, like we talked about here today, and you can expect them to still be in the mix. Yeah, I think that they're going to be building this season, and you know, last season didn't necessarily go how they might have wanted it to go, or their fans might have wanted it to go, but... I don't necessarily have, like, bad feelings about them this season. I think that they're going to be building off of last season, and they're just going to get better and better. I see them going up. I don't necessarily see them going down despite losing Maddie Carr, so that's a pretty good thing. No, I think they have some routines and some athletes that they're working on developing, and it'll be a good season for them. I expect them to be... In the top 10 for sure. I was kind of sitting here for a second thinking like, hmm, like how high do I actually see them finishing? That's hard to say at this Mm -hmm. point in time, but for sure a top 10 team. And as always, in contention for making it to nationals and possibly making it to the four on the floor at the end of the season. Thank you guys for tuning in to today's episode. I also just want to say, like, sorry if we were a little bit all over the place in this episode, or maybe it seemed like we were a little bit, like, maybe we're just, like, self-conscious. We might be. I personally have not been feeling the greatest, so I feel like mentally I'm not all there. And we kind of threw this episode together last minute, so hopefully that's not too evident. Like, evident. Like, normally we sit down, we have, like, a lot of, like, thought and effort put in, and we kind of just, like... I don't want to say we winged this episode, but we definitely didn't put as much time and effort into, like, looking through these teams as we did with some of the other teams. When I say that I enjoyed my time off not having school and work, like, I truly meant that. Like, I was just living in the moment. I literally had to, like, peel myself off the couch to even, like, take care of myself, like, feed myself. All right, please do not say, (laughs) please do not say you had to peel yourself off the couch. It's because I literally, like, crusted to the couch with how long I've been lying there. (laughs) Oh, I hate you. (laughs) Anyways, we hope you guys enjoyed today's episode we hope you're getting pumped up for college gymnastics season like we are there's a possibility we might have one more season preview coming but our next episode is going to be a little bonus episode where we just talk about top moments of the year so you guys can look forward to that yeah it'll be like just a little bonus episode that'll hopefully come out on wednesday and we're still trying to decide what we're gonna do 
after the new year we might possibly do one more season preview we might not we're kind of like trying to decide at the moment so yeah life's gonna pick back up as soon as the new year hits because i go back to school and i just expect things to get a little chaotic again in my life so we'll see but definitely looking forward to college gymnastics season it's gonna be a good one hopefully and um hopefully that'll rejuvenate me a little bit (laughs) in life So, in the meantime, be on the lookout for our Top Moments of the Year episode. It's going to be out in a couple days, and we hope you guys are having a great Monday and a great start to your week. And we will see you in a few days. Bye, guys. Bye.